Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Today, I am here with one of my close friends, Bryn. And interesting story about Bryn. Bryn is one of the first five to seven people who knew that I had herpes. And that was, that's kind of a, that's a unique story, especially from her perspective. I remember it a little bit differently, but maybe it's because I was drinking. So from what you remember, how did that conversation go? Yeah, you remember it differently, for sure. Um, We were pre-gaming in your place in the Heights in Houston. And I was just coming at you with my usual, like, you never date girls, you never let girls in, girls throw themselves at you, why aren't you talking to them, why aren't you hooking up with them, what's going on, and with a big yellow Dickie's barbecue cup filled with mixed drink, you were like, well, I just gotta tell you that I'm just not really, you know, dating and in the scene right now because I have herpes, so that's what's going on with me. And I I wanted to laugh because the way you said it was hysterical, but I also didn't want to feel like, make you feel like I was laughing at you. So I had to like fix my face really quick and be like, wait, what? And I wasn't even more so shocked that you said you had herpes. I was just surprised that that was the time you decided to tell me instead of like the, you know, six months prior of us hanging out or a year or whatever of us hanging out. So it was a funny story. I'm glad you told me. I'm glad I I feel honored to be one of your first friends. Go us. And I thought I almost had herpes. So there you go. Oh, yeah. And we didn't talk about that until recently, too. But I remember when I told you that there was this like deer in the headlights look like what? <laughs> that's what that's what I remember. I was like, ah, there's that face. I, I, I was like, shit, fix your face. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing I can say that I remember, too, was like after as you tell people, it gets easier and easier. So like the first handful of people who knew were the people who were closest to me or there when it happened or the people that I was dating initially. And so time passes and I hadn't had to tell anyone in a while, so I didn't. And then it was just like, I'm really tired of you hounding my ass about like not dating or dating or whatever. So there. And it was more of like, not me confessing, but it was like, get off my back, bro. I have herpes. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, and of course, there were like other things going on that we won't talk about, but, you know, that was the grunt of it. Yeah. But that was yeah, that was that was it. That was the grunt of it. And um, in doing that, like I feel I felt much better. And it was like, yes, like I don't have to like dance around this conversation anymore or have this dumb look on my face when y'all talk about it or anything like that. And my first thought when you said it was that I felt so awful because I know how hard I was hounding you and for how long I was bugging you and asking you a bunch of questions. And this whole time I'm like, oh, my God, he just wanted to probably tell me to shut the F up this whole time. And he didn't and he couldn't. And, like, I wish he would have said it sooner so I just would have shut up about it. 
Yeah. But I mean, I think I needed that push, though. Like, if I didn't have a reason to say it, then I wouldn't have said it. Because, like, there is kind of this pressure buildup of, like, lying to myself. You know, like, coming up with all these excuses to you or whoever else was hounding me about my dating life or lack thereof. <laughs> um it it was good to just get that pressure relieved. And then once it happened, it was like, oh, we didn't stop being friends. We didn't end the night and you go home. You didn't stop using my cups and my plates. <laughs> inside joke, inside joke. I didn't have plates at my place. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like nothing changed. You know, we were still friends. We still hung out. We still went out. Like everything... friends uh one of my first friends that i told he was like oh you know so-and-so has it and i was like oh and he was like yeah i could hook y'all up and we yeah he hooked me up at that point in time <laughs> and so like i don't know like that was a good disclosure to close friends and i think that in disclosing to people who are close to us like that does create an opportunity for us to bond a little bit more and develop deeper relationships, connections, friendships, wh- however you want to look at it. Yeah. Oh, and, for sure. And then I was, oh, and then I also felt like, oh, well, that's awesome. I mean, I obviously knew we were going to be friends for a long time before that, but then it was like, oh, well, that's really nice that he trusted me enough to tell me and open up because he didn't have to do that. Yeah. And I, I didn't even think about it that way. It's just interesting hearing the other side of this, like disclosing to someone and they're not being anything like estate or on the line like disclosing to someone you are attracted to and see the potential possibility of a relationship with is one thing because now you've put them on this pedestal you are setting yourself up yeah exactly and with there not really being anything estate like with me just being annoyed and like oh i got hurt so get off my back and then you responding to it the way that you did, which was more of a, oh, okay, educate me. I think that that set it up for an opportunity for me to be like, all right, well, here's what it means for me. Like, it's genital. I don't, I haven't had outbreaks. I manage it by working out all the time. I try to eat right and all those kinds of things that you would tell someone when you're disclosing. So now that we got our entire life story out of the way. <laughs> uh, how old are you? Where are you from? Where do you live? Are you in a relationship? Sexual preference? All that kind of stuff. Yes. Okay. I am 25 years old. I am biracial. So my dad is black. He's from Barbados and my mom is white. She's very Polish. Um, I am originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I am lucky enough to call San Diego, California my home now, which is beautiful. Um, I am currently engaged to my fiance. We um, were in a monogamous relationship. My sexual preference is men. Um, And career field. 
Oh, career field. I am in um, corporate hospitality. Corporate hospitality, huh? I was. I don't know why I was saying. I was like, hospitality management. No, corporate hospitality. Now it is corporate. <laughs> <Bless> <laughs> Got it. Um. So. The reason that we're doing this podcast episode is you and I've already talked and you've tested negative for STIs. However, there was a point in time where you did think you had herpes, right? Yes. So when was this? So this was freshman year of college. So I was. Um, you should was, have been 17 or 18. I was 18. Yeah, I was 18 when this happened. All right, now walk me through this. So what what happened? Sure. Why did you think you well, had herpes? It was, I don't know, maybe like winter, early spring of school, of freshman year college. I was um, hooking up with somebody consensually, um, and he was going down on me, and he accidentally, I don't want to say bit, but sort of bit, nicked a little bit, cut, if you will. Um, was this a vampire? Yeah. Huh? Was it on Halloween and he was dressed as a vampire? <laughs> no. A <laughs> uh, total accident. Um, and so we kept going, but it was it hurt, so I was, and we just stopped. Um, and I didn't think anything of it. I showered right away. Uh, went to bed, no big deal. This was over the weekend, so I'm just going to guess it was like a Saturday night or a Friday night. Um, I started to have flu-like symptoms on Monday, and then I got a rash on my genital area on Tuesday. So I felt worse before anything popped up um it wasn't raised or anything it was flat but it was just flat red splotches mm -hmm. sort of um but they were super super painful and i just obviously thought the worst because nothing had ever been wrong like that before so i go to the immediately like on the same on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever, I go to the health clinic on campus and they, um, it was a woman doctor. She was probably in her mid her forties and I got up onto the table, whatever, undressed. She doesn't do a test. She doesn't do a swab. She doesn't do anything. She just looks at it and says, Oh, you have herpes. And not only, she wasn't, I wouldn't say necessarily nonchalant about it, but she had this look that she was, it was pitiful, like she felt so bad for me and she felt so sorry for me that of course I just started crying. I lost it, but all I wanted to do was get out of the doctor. Like I just wanted to get out of there. I couldn't be around anybody. I just wanted to leave. So she ended up giving me an antibiotic and I don't know how that came about I don't know what like what the thing was but she said try this and come back in a few days and I think it was maybe like three or four days of, of an antibiotic and I was like okay so I 
took one of the pills, went home, and I was sitting in my dorm, and I was like, this is just, something's not right. She didn't even do a test, and I have type 1 diabetes, so I'm in the doctors all the time. I understand how medical things work. I understand how tests work, and I was just like, something was really too fast about this and seemed inaccurate, so luckily, um, Planned Parenthood was really close to campus and I literally put on running shoes and actually ran to Planned Parenthood that same day so it was like Wednesday afternoon and Planned Parenthood was amazing and they saw me right away and they performed a blood STI test for everything so it was a very conclusive test and actual and everything came back negative um which was a relief in some, but also not because something was obviously still hideously wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, just because one test comes back negative doesn't mean that I am negative. What if I need to go again, whatever. So they ran another test and it turns out that it was not indeed herpes. It was a staph infection and it was curable by antibiotics. So they gave me a round of a, something different than the other doctor gave me, but a round of antibiotics. And um, I went back to Planned Parenthood. I never went back to the college clinic. Went back to Planned Parenthood about a week later. Everything was healed. I was feeling so much better. I wasn't having any symptoms. They said I was fine, but I wanted to be sure. So I did an additional blood test for STIs, and I did an additional infection tests like whatever they test for infections um and they all came back negative so i was super lucky and really fortunate um and then ever since then during my yearly gyno exams i still have them do a complete sti test just to make sure and i've been free ever since um so i, I have never had an sti thankfully but I still keep up with it even to this day because you just never know. Yeah. So. so would you say that that incident scared you into being more mindful of uh, like your own sexual health? Oh, my God. I was one, especially because I was so young and I felt like I was in like a little sexual prime. Like I just got to college and I was feeling myself and like, you know, boys were plentiful. So my first thought was like, as soon as she told me, I was like, I'm never going to date again. I'm never going to be out of sex again. My life is ruined. And all because I hooked up with a guy, but I didn't ask. I never asked him if he was clean, and he never asked me. Mm -hmm. we had, I mean, it was, you know. It was just never a conversation. Yeah, we, we sort of knew each other. We were friends, and, like, but there was, nev there was never a conversation about it, and it just made me think, like, you know, luckily we're both clean, but that easily could have not been the case. And so from then on, I was extremely diligent. I mean, I would still hook up with, I guess, you know, random people, if you would want to say, but there was always a conversation from then on out. And if the answer was, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah. And yeah. how did the, how did the conversation typically go for you? Do you have like a, a template? 
No, I'm very, um, just as you know, a straightforward person. So I really didn't care, like, if they were going to get offended or if they were going to not want to hook up with me because I even asked them. I'm like, great, there's probably 50 other people that will, so I'm not concerned. So I would, before anything even happened, before we would even go home, it would always just be like, hey, have you been tested? I'm clean, but I just want to make sure that you are. And Mm -hmm. they would either say, yes, I did. No, I did. I mean, they could have easily lied and say, yes, I did. But also, in, I mean, that's, that is what it is. I, you have to take the word for it, I guess, or literally, like, ask them for a sheet of paper. Right, right. I didn't. You know, I was 19. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I mean, at least it was important that you asked a question because uh, a lot of us don't. And that wasn't ever a conversation that I had before hooking well, up. It's just yeah. assumed. You would just assume that if someone has an STI, that they wouldn't want to have sex or like that there's the symptoms. You'd be able to see it. You'd be able to smell it. You'd be able to taste it or whatever. Or they would be a decent enough person to disclose. Yeah. That and was always the thought in my head because I would always think, well, like I would disclose. Right. And but that doesn't mean anybody else would or has to, but... Yeah, and I mean, that's something that we all have to take into consideration. We have to be mindful of the fact that, you know, you don't necessarily know if someone's lying to you, but on an intuitive level, if you look someone in their face and ask them, well, when's the last time you've been tested? Because there's so many different questions you can ask. There's so many ways to ask. There's so many different answers you can get. It's literally across the board. But, like, you can look for those nonverbal cues that you don't get in the text message. Like, hey, do you have any STIs? No. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Versus, hey, you know, we're here. We're in person. We're on this date. Wherever you are, looking a person in their eyes, checking their body language. Like, we subconsciously pick up on those things. And to ask that question. And then... And also, what I found in, in college was that people had just never been tested ever. Mm-hmm. I found that more so was the answer than like, oh, I had or oh, I had been tested was was more so of a like, oh, no, I've never been tested kind of like, oh, shit, maybe I should start thinking about that. Yeah. Reaction. That was my the most common reaction I got. Oh, that's interesting because I now that you say that, it makes sense because at that age, how... Right sexually active have you been to think that you need to be we were all young like we were all 18 19 and so it was just sort of like no one's thinking about in high school if anyone's even really having sex in high school i'm sure they are now but i don't think too many people were Mm -hmm. um not like that anyways and so like it was just never it was like oh yeah stds stis health class right then you don't think about it ever again until you have to Right. And that's like when you get a scare or when something actually happens, that's when it's more likely that someone's going to become mindful of it. Right. So in your case, you find out it's a staph infection. You treat the staph infection. um, And then after that, you go on and ask all of your partners then. So like had had it been anything else, um, how do you think you would have responded to it? I don't honestly know. I think that had it been an STI, I 
just would have learned to live with it like everyone else because having type 1 diabetes, I've had diabetes since I was 3 and I'm 25, so having something that's full-time, all the time, every day that you just have and you have to just live with it in order to live your best life, that is where my mind would go first is because, okay, like now I have this other thing. Yes, it sucks, but I know that people have STIs and still live their life. Mm -hmm. And so like, to me, it was like, if it was going to be that, I was going to just buck up and deal with it head on because that's how I've always dealt with things. And yeah, so those I, but it I promise you there would have been a severe period of depression. I promise you I wouldn't have had, had, you know, I wouldn't have gone out. I wouldn't have hooked up with anybody for probably like a year, you know, mm -hmm. had all that stuff happened. Yeah, there would have definitely been a period of anger, sadness, anger first, yeah. sadness, depression, for sure. Because I felt, I wouldn't have felt like I could live a regular college life. Like I went to the ultimate, you know, TV type university where like, you know, you want to do all those things. And it was my first semester, first or second semester. And I just saw my whole like college life just going downhill. But once you sort of get over that, I was like, no, I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm going to do things right. And we're going to take it one step at a time. Yeah. So that's, that's a good mindset. I think that your ability to, empathize here is very useful to the podcast to the listeners because it could at any point be anyone you know not all of the listeners here do have an sci um a lot of them this is their first experience in hearing stories from people who have anything or almost had anything or know someone or affected by it it's it goes across the board um in terms of who this can benefit but i think that there are multiple takeaways here from talking to you one being my disclosing to you how you responded to it just really getting feedback from another perspective that we wouldn't normally get because typically i talk to people who have herpes who have hiv who have hpv and to hear from people who don't you know one person that i had on here uh he's dating someone with herpes and he was able to share his story about why he was willing to move forward and in this case like it's really there's a lot of value here for people to understand disclosing to someone close to them or like to a friend and then like i just thought that your scare with herpes was also a good story to put in here too because of how you responded to it you know and being that you were able to move forward from that and then kind of have a glimpse of oh shit you know maybe now i should probably be more mindful of asking these questions, uh, talking about sexual health, asking people when's the last time they were tested. And that made you move forward with a little more, uh, a little more of a realization that it could happen. It, that could have happened to you. Right. And now I'm thinking of like, gee, I wonder how many of my friends have it because I'm sure a lot of them do. And I have, no idea and I you know like I would have wanted them to tell me and I think that what is it what I think people who have an STI why they don't want to you know they want to feel accepted 
And I think it's so important to disclose to the people who are close to you because if they don't have a good react or a, a decent reaction or want to listen to you or want to understand, like they're not good people to have in your life because if so, like you know, what if somebody wasn't going to talk to me because I have diabetes? That, you know, that's what that equates to me. Like, an STI is something you contract that's unbeknownst, you know, most likely you didn't know you were getting it or you would have it. And it's a disease and it's manageable, maybe not curable. Diabetes is manageable but not curable. And obviously it doesn't affect life in the same exact way, but it's it's similar. And, you know, if somebody would ever not want to, like, be my friend because I have diabetes, I'd be like... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I, I want people who have an S, you know, who feel that I don't, I, it, that's awful. I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine. So. Mm. And I can't, I, now that you say that, I never really thought about this, but it, it seems that from what you said, anyone who is living with some sort of an illness, condition, disease, whatever, is kind of viewed as a handicap or something. Would you, yeah. would you agree no, with that? Like I'm a, I'm a leper. Like I, and, and more so when I was younger than not yeah. now, but like it is, it was a handicap. I was the weird kid. I was always leaving class early or having a snack or whatever like, the issue was. Why does Brian get extra snacks? Yeah. <laughs> and like, although it didn't necessarily affect my, you know, it, I, I still do all the things I want to do. I still live my life. Like I'm still, I still take seven shots a day. Mm-hmm. That is an inevitable part of my life that will never end until I'm done. So, like, living with something all the time, you kind of get a stigma of, oh, well, she has she has a handicap or she, she can't do that, she has diabetes or she, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the case. So I'm especially privy to that because, although on a much less lesser scale i've dealt with some of that before yeah so i mean and i think that like i said your ability to empathize here has been tremendous and i think that part of it could be because of having diabetes like you can relate and i'm so grateful to have you as a friend as someone who was able to make the disclosing process so much easier for me um, especially with the next person I told and then the person after that, the person after that. So it's just kind of like a snowball effect. It just gets easier the more you do it. And the quality of people who are in your life that you feel like you can open up and be vulnerable and share this information with really kind of, it, it, it lets you know the kind of person you are, the kind of person you're surrounded with to be able to share this with people and have support. Like we don't tap into our support systems and for so long like but we'd been let me see it's been at least a year we've been friends for at least a year by that point in time and for an entire year i had all the support surrounding me and didn't use it so for anybody out there who is contemplating or considering telling someone close to them i think that it's a good it's a good thing to do it's a good thing to you know first measure check out your friendship with this person and just go for it. I mean, especially if you're not even like sexually interested in that person and it's just your friend. Like, 
if your best guy friend doesn't want to be your friend because sometimes you may have an herpes outbreak that he's never going to see or touch or has anything to do with him, that's a shitty friend. Yeah. Like, so, you know. Just just let it go, man, at that point. Like, it's a good, it's a good filtering mechanism, not only for uh, partners, because, I mean, if they can't, except the fact that you at some point came into contact with the virus that they very well at some point could have or could come into contact with, then what happens if you do become diagnosed with diabetes or you do become diagnosed with something that, you know, may give you some sort of a handicap, that kind of person may not be around. Now, granted, you have to be mindful of the fact that there are people who want to be mindful of their own health and you just have to respect that. But in in short, it's it's so liberating and freeing when you utilize the support system that is already around you, that you don't know exists until you reach out. Agreed. Bam. Bam, um, it's friend. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> uh, all right, um... Brent, I think that wraps up everything that I wanted to touch on. Was there anything else that you wanted to add or leave with the listeners? Uh, no, really quickly, I guess just make sure in any case, STIs or otherwise, you're always in charge of your own health and being your own advocate when it comes to going to the doctor and dealing with insurance. Um, I deal with this stuff all day long, and you really are the only person fighting for you, so make sure you're asking questions if you don't know you know insurance doesn't cover something ask the questions um don't stop calling until you find out the answer no they will not call you back within 24 hours so you know just really when it comes to health take control and make sure you're you know getting the right opinions and doing the right things and staying healthy guys it's important absolutely So this concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Um, I can be found on social media at H on my chest, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit. Oh, man, wait, I lied. Not on Facebook. Facebook, I'm Courtney Brain, but I'm not hard to find. I have the Something Positive for Positive logo, Something Positive for Positive People logo as my cover photo. Uh, Please, if you haven't already, rate, review, like, subscribe to the podcast. Let everyone and their moms know about this podcast. Tell your friends. Um, Just continue to support the people around you. If anyone discloses to you or if you plan on disclosing to someone, it's a very useful tool for educating, informing people, and giving them some insight to other people's experiences who are living with or seeing someone with uh, a various STI. So I said a various STI. So uh, yeah, just keep this thing circulating. Right now we're at 6,900 downloads <laughs> and, and, and growing. So I mean, as I post more episodes, obviously the downloads are going up and I appreciate all of you guys for your support and helping this thing grow into the useful educational tool that it's growing into and people are finding the podcast people are being connected to local support groups and interest groups and dating groups as a result so please guys keep doing what you're doing keep listening and stay positive